From the brains behind Teal the Show, this is Teal the Podcast, your source for Jaguars news and analysis with NFL insider Mark Brunel and your host, Cole Pepper. We welcome you into Teal the Podcast as we come to you from the patio at Sneakers as the rain is falling as it has been basically all day today here in Jacksonville. Uh, here we are, Mark. Uh, sort of, in some regard, it's sort of fitting, isn't it? Yeah, not a great day for the Jaguars. Not a great day for the Jaguar fans that had to spend any time outside today. A lot of rain. Not a good day for the Episcopal Eagles. Oh, no. No, 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 no. This, would be a rough, this is rough to practice. Did you practice in this? <laughs> no, but we did run in this. Oh. We did run in this. Running in the rain. Not fun. Not good for I'll the have, feet. I'll have probably 28 sick kids by Friday. Yeah, that, great. that'll work out perfectly. Oh, yeah. Perfect. All right, let's talk a little bit about this game. Uh, and where the Jaguars go from here. And I want to start with the remarkable fact that I think the Jaguars are on the verge of being an offensive team with a defense that needs to make enough plays instead of a defensive team with an offense that needs to make enough plays to win ballgames. You're 100% correct. And to the chagrin and surprise of all of us, we expected it to be the other way around mm-hmm. just a few short weeks ago. But here we are. Our defense is not playing good football right now. Uh, and offensively, we're moving up and down the field. Uh, we'll get into the details of both sides of the ball. But, but uh, yeah, it's a little different than expected. Can one guy make that much of a difference? Can one rookie make that much of a difference? Or has it been more than just Gardner Minshew? Well, it's been more than Gardner Minshew. I think if you mention Gardner Minshew, you have to also mention DJ Chark. Uh, and then... Also, Leonard Fournette is running the ball well, um, over 100 yards, 108 yards, and I know one of those was a big chunk play. Still yards. It's still, it, it's still yards. It's still a 100-yard rusher. Um, as you know, I was pretty hard on him before the season, and, and to my surprise, uh, he's playing really well. It's not the yards as much. It's, he seems to have taken a step in his maturity, his leadership. Mm-hmm. You look out there, he's he's running hard, he's playing hard. It's exactly what you want to see out of a player that in years past has, has been to a degree a problem. Um, but he's, he's catching the ball, he's running it well, and so um, the offense is, is doing some good things right now. I have a philosophy or a theory about Leonard Fournette, and I want to see if you're going to buy this. Some backs have to be one specific kind of back because that's what they are. Um, A little shifty running back has to be the little shifty running back. A big bruising bulldozer, Mike Allstott or something, has to be that kind of back. Derrick Henry. Derrick Henry. And Henry maybe is even half a step toward where I'm thinking Fournette is. I think in his rookie year, Fournette thought of himself as a home run speed back jump over the pile, run away from people, look at that Pittsburgh game and use that as the example. Last year, injuries or conditioning or what have you, showed he, you can't always be a speed, it's hard to be a speed back for a long time in this league. Absolutely. The backs that last the longest in this league are guys who can make you miss between the tackles and then make your yardage after that. And they're guys I call rhythm backs. Guys who need to be fed the ball because they may go one, four, right. two, yep. two, thirty. It doesn't necessarily have to be. Priest Holmes is a great example of this when he was in his prime. Um, Ricky Waters was a guy like this. Uh, Clinton Portis, in some regard, though he was a speed guy you played with, yep. ha- had that. 
um, that it's not necessarily the first play of the game he's going to hurt you. It's more likely that as the game goes on, he's going to hurt you. And that's what a rhythm back is. And I think that's what Leonard Fournette is and needs to be and needs to embrace. And it feels like the last couple of weeks, maybe he's starting to get that. And maybe the Jaguars are starting to get that. Here's how we have to use him to be at his best. Yeah, Cole, you're, you're right. Because we're seeing a lot of runs by Leonard Fournette that are one yard, three yards, and then he'll burst one out. And I think the, the responsibility falls on John Filippo, the offensive coordinator, understanding that, okay, this is, this is who Leonard Fournette is. We have to give him his touches. They're not all going to be pretty, but if you give him the ball enough, he is going to get that 10-yard. He's going to get that 12-yard. Maybe as we've seen those 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 big 60, 70-yard runs, uh, but you you have to stay with them. And you watch the, the the bulk of Leonard Fournette's runs, and they're a little frustrating. You want to blame the line. You want to blame Leonard Fournette. It's it, it really requires a lot of patience to watch Leonard Fournette because. Uh, to your point, if you just stay with him, uh, he is a physical back. He runs with a purpose. He's he's a strong running back. He's hard to tackle. He's not just one-dimensional, like you said. He can do more than one thing. He gets out in the open field, and he runs very, very tough. So I agree. Uh, the running game right now, you stick with him, and you stick with him. You don't abandon the run at, at all at any time because Leonard's been playing four quarters, and he's been playing well. I want to put him in the... Uh, perspective of the entire Jaguars running back history and compare him style. Fred Taylor was the type who could beat you on the first play of the game. Yes. Right? Yes. He didn't he didn't necessarily need to get into the rhythm of things in order to be an impact player. I agree. We saw that on several occasions. I think in some regards Leonard Fournette is more like Maurice Jones Drew although he had the potential early in his career to be a home run hitter he was really better as the game went on because he did even though he was short he, he packed a wallop and he would tend to wear down the defenses and was better as the defenses got a little bit tired. You know, you, you nailed it perfect when you said wear out the defenses because that's exactly what we're seeing. Um, and he just keeps he keeps pounding and he just keeps going and going and going. And so I hope we see more of this. I expect us to. He has to stay healthy. Um, but he's he, he's run the ball really well. And you have to give credit to the offensive line. Um, they're creating some lanes for him. That's not perfect, but again, the, the production is there. What's wrong with the defense? Well, <laughs> you know, I, I'll start with this, and we don't have to, you know, I think Jalen not being there hurts the defense. Mm -hmm. He's the best defensive player. It just does. Now you say, well, what does he have to do? Uh, you know, he has nothing to do with Christian McCaffrey, but yes, he does. The run defense is not very good right now. And I think our front, I think our front four, our defensive linemen are doing a good job. I think there's uh, some deficiencies at the running back. Um, that's okay. That could be cleaned up. So it, it's concerning. You know, we face a team like, like the Panthers, and smart defensive coordinators understand this full well. You take away what they do best. It's what the Patriots have done it's for years. It's what they do. Yeah. You take away the, their greatest asset, their, the biggest threat. Now, you're not going to completely take Christian McCaffrey out of the equation. He's going to get his. But you can't give him over 200 yards of rushing, and, it, and it's not just about Christian McCaffrey, because Bonifay had a pretty nice run mm -hmm. himself, yep. and, and so there are concerns there. It's not just about playing one really, really good player, probably the best running back, if not top two running backs in the NFL. It's, uh, it, it's just executing your assignments, uh, knowing what you're doing, not getting out of position, and, uh, and, and that's where we're falling short right now. 
defensively in particular, but there's some on the offense as well. This is not a very disciplined team, both in penalties and in assignments. In some regard, that that's a cultural thing, isn't it? I mean, all week, Doug Marone talked about the Carolina Panthers defense being one of the most disciplined and sound defenses that he has seen uh, in the league. This has not been a sound Jaguars defense. They've been at times spectacular, at times not so spectacular. And then you see what we saw with, with you know, the, the Panthers running up the second highest rushing total against the Jaguars. Mm. There's been a lot of heat from some fans on Todd Wash. Is he utilizing the, the, the talent that he has right now in the right way? And is it about the coaching when you talk about guys uh, being sound with their technique and, the, and their, their assignments? Or does that fall on the players? I think it falls on the players. Um, listen, if, there's, if there are players, let's just talk about the linebackers, out of position, bad reads, missed assignments, well, that's, that's up to them. Mm -hmm. You know, I think Todd Walsh has enough uh, of a body of work to prove to us that he can he can have a sound defense. It's really up up to the players, um, and that's where I'm, I think the onus falls on them. And I think the players, Cole, would tell you the same thing. I heard Miles Jack earlier. Listen, I I've got to be better. I've got to be better. Well, that's not Todd Wash. Todd Wash is putting him in a place to succeed, and uh, Quincy as well. I mean, they benched him at mm -hmm. the end of the yep, game. You know, that's right. you know he. he Put him in the right spots. So you got to make the plays. Now you know it's interesting about about Quincy Williams, who has been a he was a surprise third round pick. Yes, he was. But and then he has certainly played like a guy who deserved to be drafted in the third round in terms of his physical ability and, and making some plays. And you compare him to Najee Good, who played most of the preseason at that uh, position when Quincy was injured. And Good is not the athlete that Quincy Williams Correct. is. Correct. But Good is a veteran and he's more of a sound player at some point if you're ranked 24th in the league in defense you stop worrying about the guy who can make the big play and start favoring more the guy who can just make the routine play I would lean towards that Cole I mean I, if you've got a veteran uh, that at least is going to put himself in the right position it doesn't mean you know he's always going to make the tackle or the best play but having guys in the right position that just execute their assignments and when the and, and when the defense calls for you to be right here at this time you've got to do it um Quincy probably can make more plays maybe he's more dynamic mm -hmm. but there's a there's they're falling short right there in my opinion so don't be surprised if, if there is a change against the against the Saints all right well we'll talk about the Saints here in a minute the other thing I do want to bring up uh, two things one is Gardner Minshew mm -hmm. career high in terms of passing yards in what I think was his worst game so far in the regular season there's absolutely no question, and and there's really only one statistic that matters when you're playing the quarterback position, and that is turnovers. You, you just can't turn it, turn it over. You give it away three times. Uh, two of those times led to 14 points. That's the game right there. And so he, listen, he made some really nice plays. I think he got himself to, in, in trouble. What he was so great at against the Broncos hurt him against the Panthers. Buying time, staying in the pocket, and uh, the, the ball comes out. Um, this is part of the process though, Cole. Young players, um, every young quarterback, when they play a game, okay? This this was game number five for Gardner Mitchell. He learned a lot. Well, what did he learn? He's got to take care of the ball. And if he doesn't, it's going to cost them games. We love watching him. He's getting better. And quarterbacks go in one of two directions. Quarterbacks that tend to fumble early in their careers. They either fix it 
or they don't fix it. <laughs> He's got to fix it. I think he will, but there are some quarterbacks that just never get out of that inability to secure the ball. And if he doesn't turn it around, um, it's going to cost the Jaguars. For fans who may be listening to this who are younger, uh, Google Dave Craig. Yeah. Uh, really good quarterback. Yeah. Not a great quarterback, but very good quarterback. Good career. Long good, career. Good, good long career. Could not hang on to the football when he was hit. Uh, that probably kept him from being a Pro Bowl level player for several years because his teams, whether it's Seattle, Kansas City, what have you, uh, would lose a game or two a year because he would fumble the ball away on some modest, not overwhelming contact. That's the, again, I, and I tweeted this out and some people jumped on me who were, you know, all on the Gardner Minshew bandwagon. I tweeted out. <laughs> and you know, we are too. We, right. There's just something that But it's a fact. Has to... He has not done a good job of protecting the ball as a runner or as a guy holding. Fumbles have been an issue. The interceptions haven't been an issue. Fumbles have been an issue uh, for a young quarterback. But as you say, that's something for him to work on. And, and he's talked about in the past that uh, that's something that he has, he has wanted to work on uh, when we had him on the show a couple of weeks ago. Um, all right, the other topic I want to get to. As the Jaguars were packing up in the, uh, in the locker room and getting ready to get on the bus to head to the airport, a tweet came out uh -oh. from Deshaun Watson's uh, Instagram. I guess it was an Instagram post. Yeah, yep. Uh, and that Deshaun Watson Instagram post showed Watson after the Texans game with his agent, David Mulligetta, who is also the agent of Jalen Ramsey, and Jalen sitting right there together in Houston. Jalen's in Houston because that's where the back specialist is located for him. But <laughs> this cannot be in the playbook of making friends and influencing people uh, when you take a picture with the uh, division rival quarterback in the midst of everything that's going on. It's, it's a bad look, and that's as, that's as much as I'm gonna put into it. It looked really bad. He was in Houston, Deshaun was in Houston, they share the same agent, they were out to dinner, mm -hmm. I get it. I don't think it's anything more than a bad look, uh, bad it, timing, I don't, I don't is, like anything it, about it. The question is, was it intentional? I don't, I don't think so. I, I, I think we're, if you think it was intentional, I think you're looking too much into it. Um, it just did not look good, considering the, the situation with Jalen Ramsey. He's now gone on a podcast hosted by Taylor Lewan of the Titans. He's been in a, in a social media photo on game day, albeit after a game, a game he didn't play in, uh, with the quarterback of the Texans. Do we need to get him uh, to make a public appearance with Jack Doyle somewhere <laughs> so we can complete the AFC South run. You know what we need is we need to get Jalen on the field. And, and speaking of the New Orleans Saints, we, we need him back there on Sunday because that would make a huge difference. Again, Jalen's our best player on defense. Yeah, he doesn't want to be here. I think he's been very clear about that. And I don't think he's being strategic as far as his podcast and his pictures taken. Gosh, I hope not. Please tell me no. He needs to get on the field. I'd like to see a statement from, I know Shad Khan came out, we're not trading him at this time, but I think it's perhaps time, Cole, that a player in the locker room, and maybe that's Calais Campbell, one of the veteran guys, and say, listen, are you with us or not? What, you know, we, we're getting a little bit of Jalen fatigue here, you know, the ongoing drama from week to week. Uh, he just well, needs I, to I get think, on the I field. I gotta be honest, Mark, I think that at this point, 
it's pretty clear that Jalen isn't with them. I would agree. He's with not that. on the field. He's not trying to get on the field. I said last week. Unless we suddenly yeah. find out that the back, he has some major back injury. Yeah. Uh, I, that would be the only thing that would that would tell me that he's not not with them. Yeah, I don't think he's I don't think he's with them. I, I you know a week ago you know we talked about this. I said this week is going to be very telling. Well, it told us something mm -hmm. that you know his back is still an issue. Uh, I'll say it again, this week will be very telling because if he doesn't play this week, and, and Cole, I don't think he is. I don't have any inside information. Mm -hmm. Just my gut tells me he's not going to play this week. And if that's the case, I, I don't know if we'll see Jalen in a Jaguar uniform yeah, anymore. Certainly not until after the trade Goodness deadline where sakes. he knows that that'll be that. Let's talk about the Saints quickly here. Um, they have been winning games and putting up typically big numbers with Teddy Bridgewater in for the injured Drew Brees, who injured his throwing hand thumb right. uh, in the second game of the season. Uh, Bridgewater's been getting the job done. But about the time that uh, Deshaun Watson was posting on Instagram, your buddy Drew Brees was posting I on Instagram. Yeah. And I saw you commented on it. I did. Slow uh, it down, Drew. Yeah. Slow it down, He's buddy. showing a video of him throwing the ball around, uh, which would indicate that he's coming back uh, at some point here in the very near future, right? Uh, any insight as to whether he could make this? If, if if he's posting videos of him throwing, probably for one of the first times, could he come back this week, or is it more likely it's going to be after? It's this Drew week? Brees. He, he could come back this week, uh, and I promise you, if he feels like he can get it done, he's going to. You know, he'll be the first one in Sean Payton's office and say, and say, uh, hey, listen, I can go. The question is, does Sean Payton believe that Teddy Broad? Bridgewater can beat the Jacksonville Jaguars. Well, if you look at everything right now with their defense struggling right now, I think Sean Payton feels pretty confident in Teddy based on how he's playing. Um, don't be surprised if Drew Brees plays this one. Uh, and it's not whether he can throw. It's whether he can take a hit, whether he can get a snap, whether, you know, if he gets tackled, and if that thumb can take any kind of contact or, or get bumped at all, uh, then they're going to keep him out. It's Drew Brees. you got to be very smart. The season's very early. Um, I know he, he wants to play. I don't expect him to, in, in large part because of how Teddy Bridgewater's playing. 3-0 yeah. and o with Bridgewater as yeah. the quarterback. Uh, that'll certainly put your mind at ease if you're, if you're Sean Payne. All right, that'll do it for this installment of Teal the Podcast. As always, you can find Teal the Podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, and Google Play. Share it with your friends. Tell any Jaguars fans you know if they want to get more uh, Jaguars analysis from Mark and occasional smart alecky comments from me. You can get it right here on Feel the Podcast. And as always, you can find Feel the Podcast under the sports tab of newsforjacks.com. Come join us each and every Monday night here at Sneakers Jacksonville Beach where we're recording this installment. The show is a little less rainy yes. uh, because it's inside. Uh, and uh, we'll be every Monday night at 7 o'clock on CW17 for the Mark Brunel Show. For Mark, I'm Cole Pepper. Thanks for listening to Teal the Podcast.